Michigan Business Beat on Michigan Business Network. Jeffrey Mosier sitting in for Chris Holman. Not on the road. I'm actually out at the Capital Region International Airport. That's where our new studios are. This time around, reaching across Lansing, Mikhail Mershek, Senior Attorney, IP, Foster Swift, Collins and Smith, PC, out of Lansing, but serving six branches across the state of Michigan. He's also an adjunct professor, youth soccer and basketball coach. Kale, welcome back to the Michigan Business Beat. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Excellent. So, Mike, tell us about your career path that led up to joining Foster Swift. Well, there's a long story and a short story. I guess the shortest version would be that I moved to Connecticut back in 2000 after I graduated from Michigan State and went to law school out there at UConn, who just won another national championship. So maybe I was good luck since they've won almost every one of those since I was there, except for the 99 one, which I actually attended live. But I ended up working out there in aerospace for a little while, then joined a bigger firm and then had an opportunity to move home to be close to family because I grew up out here in Michigan, uh, locally in Lansing, went to Hazlitt Public Schools and then Michigan State University. So when that happened, I joined a small firm here in Okemos. We got sold to a bigger firm that's a big Michigan firm, Butzel Long. Then the Intellectual Property Group, which you mentioned IP, that's what IP stands for. They left and went to Dickinson Wright, so I went over there. And at that time, I was working with my brother-in-law, and things didn't work out. I have a lot of respect for Dickinson Wright, but I ended up going out to Detroit for a little while and going in-house for three years, which was amazing. It was like a pseudo... It was an in-house position where I was working for general counsel in the betting space, a, a sleep technology company. And I loved it because I learned more in the three years I worked there than probably the previous five all put together. It's just when once you're on the other side of the table, when you're managing, when you're trying to figure out what we need in terms of IP assets, which typically means patents and trademarks, you just learn a lot. And I got a lot more business training because I was working with our general counsel a lot. That led to an opportunity to, to work for someone in Detroit. And I was only there for a year when I finally had a chance to get back into Lansing and work at the Loomis Law Firm in downtown Lansing. And essentially what Loomis said was, we don't have an IP attorney. Are you interested in helping build one? And I said, yes, I'm tired of commuting from Okemos to Detroit all the time. I had been doing that for the previous five years. And my wife and I had a brand new baby back in 2016. He's now a second grader and he's already better than me at basketball and soccer, I think. And we since had a four-year-old. We have a four-year-old daughter too. So I was looking for a real opportunity to be officially based here in Lansing. And I jumped on it and had a great time at Loomis. And I have a lot of respect for those guys. And I'm very grateful for the opportunity they had. But I reached a point where I needed to grow and Foster Swift offered that chance. They have multiple offices. They have a lot more lawyers. They have offices in Detroit and in Grand Rapids. So I had been essentially a work flirting with Joel Farrar for a long time and finally made the decision to jump over here and help manage and launch their patent and expand their IP practice at Foster Swift. And I couldn't be more excited to be here. I'm very, so far it's been, I've been really happy to come on board. Tremendous. So given that background and path, tell us more about your focus and specialty now that you're with Foster Swift. Okay. And I just want to remind you that that was a short version of the story. Yes. Yes. I specialize in intellectual property, which typically means patents and trademarks. 
And the softer IP is usually the trademark angle and the harder IP is the patent stuff. And I say that because patents have to have a scientific background to be a registered patent attorney. I'm not a litigator. Uh, I can help with soft controversies. So someone says, hey, you're you're violating our patent, pay us a license or something like that. They don't sue you. They usually send a letter because getting into a lawsuit becomes really expensive. So I can handle that kind of thing where we negotiate a deal or we look at the claims and we try to figure out whether somebody's been wronged or not. And I, I like being part of those teams, but I specialize in patent and trademark acquisition. So take you guys, for example, if you wanted to pursue a trademark on the Michigan Business Network, I could help work with you on obtaining a trademark registration with the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office for that. If you guys invented a new widget or perhaps a new recording platform, I could help you pursue a patent and walk you through the steps of that. I also love teaching and interacting with people. So I teach at the Michigan State Law School. I used to teach at Cooley. They kind of dropped their IP program. So it's yet to be determined whether that'll come back. But I love teaching and being part of MSU's IP team and teaching trademark law and IP practice. And so everything I do is related to acquisition. So it's helping businesses protect their assets as best they can. And when I say assets, they're intangible assets, which includes their essentially the trademarks and any kind of innovation that's going on there. Throughout my career, I've worked for, I've done work for Fortune 50 companies, which are building an asset portfolio like a General Motors or a Chrysler or Aerospace, Pratt & Whitney or GE and those type of clients. But I have found myself, particularly since I got into Michigan, is navigating myself towards the entrepreneurial and startup community. So I work a lot with Leap and I work a lot with Spartan Innovations and Jeff Wesley and those guys over there and help businesses that kind of don't know what they're doing. Whereas if you you work with a big company, they have an IP department, they have a budget, they know exactly what they're doing. They send you something, you send it back, you provide the service, send it back. With the smaller clients, you get more involved. It's a much more personal relationship, in my opinion, where you're helping them evaluate their strategy, make a determination on how much resources they want to commit to obtaining patents and trademarks. So I forgot to mention that IP typically also includes copyrights and trade secrets. Trade secrets is somewhat more of a contract issue because if you want to maintain a trade secret, the key is to make sure you treat it like a secret. Whereas copyright tends to fall into the arts world, even though software is its really important aspect of software as well. So I do that stuff too, but the bulk of my practice is focused on inventions and protecting people's trademarks. Great explanation. And in general, what are some big challenges for businesses with patents these days? Boy, that's a really tough question. I mean, some of the issues that have surfaced their ugly head in recent years has been this trend in the patent landscape regarding subject matter eligibility. And this is a topic that's talked about all the time. I bring it up in class all the time. I actually had my class write about it this last semester. 20 years ago when I got started in, in this field, nobody ever talked about subject matter eligibility. To obtain a patent on an invention, the invention must fall into one of four categories. Those are a composition of matter, a process, a machine, or an article of manufacture. So if you invent a new widget, we can pursue a patent on that widget. If you write a new song, that falls into the copyright bucket, not in the patent landscape. You're not eligible for a patent on that. 
The tricky one is when software, which as we all know, because we're on Zoom right now and we all use Microsoft Office, and maybe when we get off here, we're both going to go to Facebook because we're old. Or if you're a kid, you're going to get on Snapchat or you're going to get on TikTok. And so we all understand that software has consumed everyone's lives, right? And there's a lot of growth in the software industry because the margins are really high. So you can build the software without needing a team of manufacturing expertise and safety protocols and large spaces and large machinery. So uh, software has just been booming for lots of years. And what has lacked is the government's ability to keep up with understanding how is software innovative. So right now, software, which bucket would you put software? It's not a machine. It's not a composition of matter. And it's also not a article of manufacture. So it has to fall into the process bucket. And then the case law has evolved in such a way that it has now, its tentacles have penetrated into the mechanical and chemical and medical and bio spaces as well. And so it's been tricky. All of a sudden people, the US Patent Office had to come up with this two-part test to figure out whether or not an invention does qualify for subject matter eligibility. That's before even understanding whether or not it's actually innovative or not. We're just talking about whether it's eligible to obtain a patent. And there's lots of tricks and ways to try to get around it. But overall, the stakeholders in this particular niche area of the law are yeah, <laughs> are confused as to how do we advise our clients and guide them into this space that nobody knows. People are waiting for the legislature to come down with kind of a ruling or modify the law. And that hasn't happened. And obviously, you know, they're busy doing lots of other things to get their faces in the news that have nothing to do with trying to figure out how the country can do a better job of protecting their assets. More anecdotally on a local level, if you're a small business, uh-huh. A lot of times it's trying to understand when do I pursue a patent in the innovation process and do I start selling it first because there's a lot of risks involved with public disclosure prior to filing for a patent application. And unlike a trademark, trademark, if you have a mark that you want to use like Michigan Business Network, that's something you want to use as much as you can everywhere and that gives you more rights. Whereas a patent, once you publicly disclose, you start a running clock and you have to actually proactively file a patent application within a year if you want to ultimately protect it. And patents are very expensive. So there's a lot of questioning, do I spend the money to do this or not? Luckily, in mid-Michigan, we have a lot of resources that can assist with paying for that through Spartan Innovations. And MEDC has been fantastic. They just keep putting more and more money into entrepreneurship and helping finding funding resources for these types of services. And the same thing with Leap. Leap's been, Bob and his team are doing a great job over there. So, you know, it's hard. Patents are hard. They take a long time and they're really expensive. So a lot of times small businesses have to make a determination as to what they need to do to build that. And Jeff, as you know, because you're sitting in one office instead of a house, resources are always an issue. If resources are not an issue, like IBM, like GE, they spend tons of money on patents because they're like, well, let's just protect everything. But when resources are an issue, it's should I spend this on getting a patent or should I spend it on a new printer or a new a new marketing plan, right? A new advertising budget or a new software that's going to help my business run. And there's a lot of risks with that both directions. So excellent. Well, briefly, being with Foster Swift and all their branches across Michigan, will this be leading to a lot of travel for you again, or the clients be traveling in to see you, or will you be living on uh, 
like we talked about Zoom? Yeah, well, I always love to travel. I love to visit clients and meet with them face to face. Having said that, Zoom is so wonderful in, in terms and Teams is very good too, in terms mm-hmm. of the ability to interact with our clients and collaborate with our clients and talk to them that I don't anticipate a heavy travel burden, like, for example, like a sales job or people that are flying all over the country for meetings and so on. I mean, it really has shrunk the world in all these amazing ways. For example, you and I did not have to coordinate our physical schedule to make this interview happen. And it's the same thing with the legal world. In fact, my biggest client is based out of Mississippi. I've only met one person affiliated with that business, and that's because he's the the chairman of the board, and he's based out of Ludington, Michigan. Everybody else is down in Mississippi, or they're living in Connecticut or West Michigan. And I've never met anybody else at the company, and I've represented them for five years now. And that that happens quite often that I, I don't have to travel for what I do. And in addition to that, because I'm intellectual property and I do patent acquisition, I don't ever go to court. And so I don't deal with jurisdictional issues. Now I have a client based in Novi, that also they are a restaurant and they also manufacture grills. And I love going to visit them because they always feed me (laughs) and the food is delicious. And I like to meet with them. But for the most part, my traveling is light. I do anticipate going to Grand Rapids and Detroit a lot, but that's mostly to help build and develop relationships with the other colleagues in my firm. So they know when they come across an opportunity to send it my way. Excellent. Well, you shared a little bit about being that professor. As we wrap up the interview, talk a little bit about that coach's role in your life. Oh, well, that's just my passion for So I'm a really extroverted, outgoing person. I've been teaching since I was in college at Michigan State when I taught calculus to Calc 2 students. So I continued that passion when I was in law school, teaching street law to high school civics programs. And then When I met my wife, she already had a two-year-old and a four-year-old, and I came into their life. And at one point, my four-year-old was a, I think she was in second or third grade. And my my wife said, they need more coaches for the soccer team. And I said, I don't know anything about soccer. I played football. And she Mm -hmm. said, well, they said, you don't need to have any experience. You just follow this Rob Ancliffe Okemos Soccer Club curriculum. And I said, okay, fine, I'll do it. And that turned into really like a huge passion and love of mine because it helped me build a relationship with my stepdaughters, right? So I'm not the only dad in their life. They still have their biological dad. He lives down the road. He still gets them all the time. But now I had a special connection where I could be their sports mentor because I have a sports background. And, you know, a lot of the concepts with youth sports are the same where, you know, you want to be on the balls of your feet. You want to have a low balance stance. You want to hustle. You want to accelerate. You want to not overreach and stuff like that. And so that turned into coaching basketball. And then when the younger daughter became old enough, I started coaching her in soccer and basketball. And Soccer, they get above, you know, they they went above my pay grade once they got into club sports. But now I have a six-year-old, so I got to coach him this last year in soccer. And my experience now is so, you know, I have so many years now coaching youth sports. Like, I get all this, like, great, you know, positive feedback from all the parents. It gives me all the feels. And the kids love me, and I love the kids. And I try to... I try to do right by them. I try to focus on player development and staying positive and constantly trying to get I, my, my goal always is I want each kid to leave the experience saying youth sports is team sports is fun. I want to keep playing. 
And it's not about trying to like, I, it's not about winning at all at that age. I always get upset when I hear people complaining about the participation trophy thing in the world, because I promise you, by the time they get to high school, they're going to know whether they're good enough to win a trophy or not. And the kids that are really good are going to keep challenging themselves and playing up. And the kids that aren't are going to find something else that they're interested in. So I think at at the youth level, and if you talk to Mike Devlin over at Meridian Township, who does a fantastic job, if you guys haven't interviewed him, he's, he's great. He runs his youth programs and he's so great with the kids and it's so much fun and it's so rewarding. I just really love every aspect of it. And thankfully, I was blessed with a six-year-old who just wants to play everything. Now he's in baseball. And when he started baseball, my wife insisted, I'll sign him up, but you cannot coach. (laughs) I said, okay, I don't know anything about baseball, so I won't do that. (laughs) But Well, Mike, thank you so much for spending some time with the Michigan Business Beat today. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for having me. And I look forward to hearing all your other wonderful interviews and all the different businesses and the growth in mid-Michigan. Excellent. And we'll have you back later in the summer with Chris Holman to catch up on some issues that might come up in your specialty. So once again, speaking with Mikhail Mershek, Senior Attorney, IP, that's Intellectual Property, Foster Swift, Collins Smith PC, out of Lansing, but serving multiple branches across the state of Michigan. And uh, is also the licensed patent attorney, extensive experience in a wide range of intellectual property matters. We'll be back with more Michigan Business Beat on Michigan Business Network.